You're listening to The Dirt on Dating Show with your host, Misha Noah. Get ready for real stories with everyday people on topics like the hottest dating apps, when to commit, and how to find a partner you actually click with. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah. And I'm Mish. And today we are going to take a glimpse into what it's like to date Aiden. Aiden is a culture mutt. He grew up in the UK and Australia before going to college in Virginia. He's an artist and storyteller. Acting takes up most of his time, but he dabbles in a few other platforms too. He is endlessly curious about people. Wow. So this is a perfect show for you to be on. So welcome, Aiden. Uh, yeah, definitely like deep diving and like listening to Elizabeth's episode and like her perspective, like that stuff. Uh, I'm like pa- like passionate out because like with work wise, it also like parlays into that and just yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit. How is uh, how is dating life for Aiden right now? Are you in a relationship? Are you single? Right now, I'm single, but like a good single, I would say. I think there's like different versions of like how you can be single. I I, I came out of like a six year, almost six year relationship just a few years ago, and. When I was single, just coming out of that, it was like interesting, like feeling like I was like ready to date. But then now in hindsight, I can look back and realize that the girls that I had dated and kind of was seeing since then, I I was probably more trying to compensate like certain insecurities that I had just coming out of a relationship. And I feel like now the single version of me is just like a little more at ease and at peace and like uh, can kind of analyze better like like what works for me or what doesn't work for me when I go on dates and stuff. So I, I don't think I even had that like a year or a year and a half ago. So that's beautiful. I love the transformation that it, it it almost sounds like you're taking a very active approach to reflecting on on who you are and where you where you were. Um, yeah. My now therapist, sort of... I have to give some credit to that for sure. Oh, wow, it's yeah. really yeah, it's, it's just like nice to have somewhere you can unload once a week and then you can kind of like look through your own BS and be like, oh, I thought I was doing this, but really I was just looking for someone to validate this insecurity or whatever. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I worked with a coach and I can I can vouch for this the same transformation and the accountability and stuff. But tell us what is your favorite part about being in this place that you are right now? Well, I think that like, I've been in a couple of long-term relationships and like shorter relationships. And I think I just like know what's important to me, like value system wise when uh, meeting like different or going on dates and looking for a partner now. And so one thing that's like nice is that after the first date, I pretty much get like a gist of if it's going to work or not. And uh, it's not that I think someone's better or worse. It's just like, I know what I want. And if our value systems aren't lining up, I can kind of sniff that out pretty early. And so I'll go on a lot of first dates that are like really pleasant and have like a lovely time, but that doesn't necessarily necessitate that I think it's like worthy of like continuing going down the line. And I also think that's like better for the people that you go on dates on because like after two or three, maybe the other person's thinking it's going better than you are. Um, but like now I'm like in a place that like after first date, I, I can say with confidence if it if it's a good fit or not. So I can like relieve them of any maybe like heartache or, you know, being led on, which is like something I always like strive to like avoid, but myself as well. But also the negative of that is that it, it like, you know, we're physical primal beings, right? And so there's, while in like my twenties, like I would be, I, I would maybe go on a second and third date that I don't do now. Usually before, like there would be more opportunities for things that are physical too, to kind of balance your life because we all kind of need that as well. But now I notice like the, the negative of that is like 
there's less physical kind of interactions that are occurring because you're not like in my twenties, I'd be like, wow, maybe that'll work. Like, you know, that's interesting. Well, now I'm like, nah, that's kind of cool, but like not for me, you know? So that's like definitely an interesting disparity between like dating like now and before, you know, it has this trickiness and yeah, you have to manage it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what, you know, where you, where you typically are before you bring it to that physical level, do you have to have a, like a three date sort of connection or is it something that you have maybe some casual friends with benefits types things like how, how is your, how is that connection like established in your, in your framework right now? Yeah. I mean, there, I've definitely had some hiccups. So I would say, you know, the last thing I want is to have like a graveyard of hurt feelings of other people in my life, you know? And so that, that's really important for me to avoid because there's, there's like two instances where I, like looking back now, like I really should have known after like week two that it wasn't a good fit, but like, you know, I was like lonely and like, I just like wanted, you know, the, and like those people like admired certain attributes about me and that made me feel good, you know? And I, again, like when I was saying, I was just like validating an insecurity. Right. And so, yeah. So, so I, I want to avoid it. So the, yeah, those two instances, I, I probably should have known after week one, week two, it wasn't a good fit, but I let him go on for three, four months. And I like in a court of law, I could have been like, Hey, I never said that, you know, I wanted, you know, but like, that's all BS. I think like the older you get, we have to like treat each other a little better than that. And so now I'm like really cognizant of not letting it get to that point unless like, I'm, I'm really sure that, you know, the, the more kind of substantive things are there as far as uh, spiritually connected and like our value systems connecting. And so it's less of like a date number thing, but more of just like a feeling thing. Like I think as we get older, hopefully we're going through a process of refining our instincts in general and dating, but like whatever else we're doing. And so I think like that thing is just like refined enough. Now I'm sure I have more to grow um, to that. Like I can kind of get a gist of if it's got potential for something long-term or not. So yeah. What's your, what's your, what's your favorite story about your recent dating about, uh, and like, you know, first dates, like how do you typically approach it and, and like yeah. share a story of one that went particularly well? Um, yeah, like I, I'm not necessarily like that. I don't like plan out anything. So like, I'm, I'm pretty just like open and I just like go in and try to like receive the other person's energy and kind of see like how we're like flowing. But I guess like in quarantine, it's been interesting for sure. Like I'm guilty of using the various dating apps uh, because I'm not really sure <laughs> how else to like meet people, especially when you're in your apartment, like a lot yeah. past three, four months. But yeah, like I, I've had a couple of first dates via the phone, like just having like a phone conversation, which was like really interesting. And then I uh, recently had a first date where it was just like a walk in the park in like West Hollywood and like just like walking and talking. And so I, f I found that to be like generally like healthier and like, going and like maybe having like a dinner and drinks kind of first date, but just like getting to like kind of get rid of all like maybe the BS superficiality of like mood and like placing and, and just like having it be like a, a really genuine kind of talk and like connection and see if there's a, um, a spark there. So, and then when, when there is a spark, typically, what does that look like? I think it's a combination of things. So I think like the, it, it's good to have like superficial things in common. And, and I don't mean superficial in a, a negative connotation, but like whether it's like something as simple as like favorite TV show or favorite like activities that you like to do. But so I think a, a spark usually I think like consists of, and it happens without you being like conscious of this happening in like your, in your brain process. But I think it's usually a combination probably of, yeah, the superficial things having come, but then also realizing that like, there's like value systems that you share. So whether like a work life balance, what that looks for you. And if that lines up with the other person and 
like how, how they need you to show up as a partner and how often they need you to show up as a partner that like varies from person to person, especially if like they have like a work or like, like they're, if they're passionate about their work or something else that they might be passionate of, maybe they don't want you to be like hands-on in that. And they just like want the space, but want to be able to compartmentalize uh, the relationship simultaneously with that and be able to uh, create a space for it. But like when they're doing their thing, they don't necessarily want you there. So I think, yeah, like a mix of those two things really lining up, I think like really creates a spark because you kind of see like, oh, there's like a possible future here. Like we really line up on the things that are important and kind of like the fun, silly things too. Yeah, that's pretty intense. When you think about the level of of philosophical and just like modality of living to make that work, how do you go yeah. about discovering whether or not this person has that? Because it's, it's, I mean, those are some of the, you know, the questions of like how they manage their schedule and like how they interact in, in a space together. Those are things yeah. like even, you know, dating somebody for years, you kind of, you start to discover those things out. So how do you go about pulling that out of somebody? Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, I think it's important to be able to talk about your past relationships and what worked and didn't work. Right. So I try to always create like a, a really easy space for that when uh, talking to people I go on dates with and that. Like, I'm not going to get like jealous about or weird about them talking about an ex. I think like, you know, ultimately we're an accumulation of our experiences, right? So like, you know, if you had significant partners, multiple, multiple years, like it's inevitable that a lot of your growth has come from a consequence of being in that. And like, if I'm meeting you, I'd, I'd love to hear about that if they're, if you're willing to share it. So I think like people openly talking about their relationships in the past and like saying what didn't work for them. And like now like seeing their, their growth and them like admitting that like from that, now I realize these are the things that are important to me. Mm. So like from, yeah, my own experience, like, you know, my, my longest relationship that was almost six years, it wasn't like anything toxic. It was just that like at 25, I had things that were like important to me that were like vastly different than at 31 because like inevitably I grew and I became a different person in a lot of ways. And so sharing that I think uh, could be important for whoever like I you know go on a date with to kind of see like you know this is what I know now to be like important to me and like what I'm looking for do you, I love that. Do you like yeah. to like ask other like people that you're you're possibly interested in dating about their past relationships like is that something that's kind of important to you to hear like what happened and whatnot no like I, I don't have like a list of questions and I don't try to dig like you try to like I, I'll, I'll throw out an olive branch and just like share something like really innocent about like you know something I might have done with someone in the past like a fun activity or whatever just to like whether it was like a hike or a trip or something like I noticed like I've gone on dates before where people are talking about traveling and they'll leave out that they went on this trip with an ex for example right we're like oh yeah i've been to like paris and tokyo and like oh cool and i'll always ask oh was it with family or was it with like you know friends or whatever just because like the context of where you've gone with who is i think important to kind of figure out what type of experiences they're having there and so you know eventually they'll like admit but you can tell it's like sheepishly and so like, I, I would, would like usually try to create like a safe space of like, Hey man, like we can totally talk about our past relationships. And so I think by just contextually making it open like that, you, you give space for the other person. And, and most of the time they usually do like once they, once you kind of create a safe space for that, it, it, it's usually uh, met with more sharing. Sometimes, you know, people, once you do have that safe space and there, there is this level of vulnerability, some very interesting stories can come out of that. Have you ever had yeah. anything that was just like totally alarming where you where someone is almost <laughs> overshared and you're just like eject? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, no. Like I, I did go on a first date recently where this, this woman, she was uh, married to someone for like five years and it like, and she felt like abandoned and you could tell 
that she was still hurting from it. Like her the poor thing, like her voice was still shaking when like she would talk about it, even though she was mm-hmm. trying really hard. And, and it had been like a year and you could tell she was like trying to get back into dating. And so I, I felt like ejected that moment, but not because like I wanted to run away, but like just because I could tell like, you know, she still has like some more time that she needs to like work through this stuff. I think like it's so still tender and that's like a really hard place to like start dating from. Like I think, you know, speaking of my own self, like after like the my, my six year one, like I thought I was ready like two or three times when I actually wasn't. And it took a lot longer than I, than I thought. And so, but like never anything bad. Like I think I do a decent job of like doing some like texting and or whatever, talking on the phone prior to like the first hangout where we meet where I can kind of get a sense of if there's like a crazy factor or not. But like I, I've been lucky, like honestly, like all the past relationships I've had, like none of them really like ended toxic at all. And a couple of them I'm still like totally cordial and friendly with. And the dates I've got on there, there hasn't been, I wish I had like a good crazy story for you, but everyone's been like kind of lovely and nice. And I, I think by being able to like sniff out like after the first date, you know, whether it's a good match or not, I, it kind of uh, devoids my experiences of like the crazy scenarios yeah. as much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit and just talk about the escalation from connecting on a mental level to mm-hmm. now connecting on a physical level. Yeah. What does that process um, look like for you? And, and, you know, do you have a fun story about maybe a time that it was just magical, you know, maybe you were getting along so well and then, and then, you know, hands started to touch and stuff sparks started flying and before you knew it, something yeah. happened. Yeah. Like I have like some like, kind of like what felt like magical first kiss moments for sure, where it's just like, you're just like in the middle of this, like you're just really connecting and it's just like really great. And you just like felt like, you know, you're really attracted to this person who you feel like, you know, is like a best friend that you've also been like, like have known for years, but like you've only like been talking for like 30, 45 minutes. And like, I think those are really great. Like just like an abrupt in the middle, you're both either laughing a lot because like you're like really like, you know, sharing and connecting and like, I guess like, I I really love that where it's just like organic to the moment where it's like, yeah, this is where I want to like take this now. And so, so those are cool. As far as like physically, I don't think like I've had partners and past girlfriends where like I've connected on a cerebral level, like really well, but like physically things just like were kind of like not like lined up like from the beginning, but like, I'm a big believer that like physically through communicate, like through communication and talking, like the physical stuff can definitely get there. But it's like the like, and so I'm not saying that physical is not important, but it's more important that the other stuff's like really jiving. And then, yeah, through honesty and communication, you can make that, you know, other stuff like work really well too. And I, yeah, I think physically, like, I don't know, with physically with a partner, I think like the most important ingredient is just not have not being self conscious with one another. And so if everyone can let go of their self consciousness, like, and, and their insecurities about physically what they look like with that partner, I think like really beautiful physical connection can happen. And so sometimes it's just peeling that layer off with each other and just like being like, Hey, like, I, I think you're beautiful. Like that thing that you're insecure about, like on your leg or like, don't like, I love every bit of it. Like, you know, and just like kind of not necessarily maybe through words communicating that, but maybe through physical acts communicating that can really make the partner at ease and, and comfortable. And then you really, in my experience, you really see the difference. You just start physically connecting on a, on a more intimate level. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a story about a time that maybe you and a past partner um, had an experience like that where you just went in total surrender and, and had this moment, maybe it was on a vacation somewhere. Maybe it was just, you know, just a particularly magical night. Like, yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, 
so like especially like the longer relationships I've been like you know you, you kind of go in and out because like at some point you're living together right and the stresses of life or whatnot so uh, kind of like Elizabeth she was saying about her trip to I think it was Sedona she was saying like just like the just ice like getting away from the rest of the world and kind of disconnecting and having a chance to connect with each other like I find whether in my relationships or like in like you know the not like as serious relationship with people I'm dating um just doing that reset and getting out of LA and like putting your phones away and just like really connecting that usually in my experience has led to the more magical kind of like physical moments and intimate and passionate moments and things like that so I think that's usually a really great ingredient to, to if you're kind of in a fickle place emotionally to just do something like that like Elizabeth said Fantastic. So we're, we're working towards wrapping up here. And, you know, one, one of the things I'd love to hear is, is pulling back the kimono on maybe some of the things that you are looking to either experiment with in the future or, you know, just kind of deep passions that you're like, I wonder what this would be like. Yeah. I mean, like I, I know the type of relationship I think I'm like ready for now that I haven't had the experience of, and that I think would be a good fit for me, which is just, I was kind of talking about this before, but like, yeah, like I think I'd be a really good match with someone who like has their own separate life outside of our relationship. And in that separate life is really taking care of them and themselves and their individuality. And then be able to simultaneously create a space for our relationship where, you know, we have like a, we have a place to grow as individuals, but also to, to, to grow together and love each other. And, and so I think that's important to me, like where like them as a partner would only want me to just be on the sidelines and be supportive and not necessarily want my hands in like in that part of their life and like they would simultaneously give that to me because that's important to me like you know with the things that I'm passionate about just to like have space and like to be supported but like have my own individual space and so that's that's like what I'm really looking for I think in the next chapter whoever I, I you know I'm fortunate to date is that they agree with me in that life balance because my past relationships everything like was a lot more intertwined whether it be like our work stuff and our relationship stuff and I think as I've gotten older, as much as it gets important to me to share my life with someone, I want that work passion balance or work life balance to be similar to them in that way. So this is the Dirt on Dating show. So we got to ask you yeah. one, one fun question here. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's the, what's the most fun, dirty phrase you've ever heard? Sure. This is fun. Don't look at it. Spit on it. I was, I was much younger and she was much older and I, she was definitely showing me the ropes a little bit in my, uh -huh. my early, early twenties. And I think she was like frustrated with my hesitancy and I was just like kind of in awe of her just looking at her. And then, yeah. So yeah, she said that. And I was like, Oh, okay. okay great. Sorry. Uh, so but yeah, I think it's important to have experiences like that when you're, especially like as a man in your early 20s, it's good to have a few experiences like women in their 40s or like late 30s. Like I think uh, mm. seeing how comfortable they can be like in their bodies and uh, being able to take that in, but also like create a space where you create that for your partner. So again, like I was saying before, you just like want to get rid of all the self, like we're all self-conscious about our bodies to a certain degree, right? And it's like the, the sooner you can make you and your partner like let go of all that BS because it's all BS in your head, right? You just like start having way, way better, more connected sex. And I think that's um, yeah, important. If you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Yeah, like, I mean, I'll say this, but like, I wouldn't have heard it, <laughs> even if my younger self, like, had the ability of, like, meet my older self in a time machine. But like, I think it's just simple as like, stop caring about what other people think, or what you think people want from you. Just like, your own gut and your own instincts is more than enough, like just showing up 
and just being who you are is plenty. And like all the added stuff that you think that like you need to add on or like the, or like the facade of like who you are is, is unnecessary. And I think I spent a lot of my twenties trying to like understand that and just like peel that crap away. And I, I'm grateful now that I can just like show up like more of just like who I am and just like know that like whoever responds to that, great. And if they don't, that's totally fine too. Beautiful. Aiden, it has been an absolute pleasure Pleasure learning just your philosophy on relationships and just, uh, and just this, this transformation that you're going through. It's really beautiful. So thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks. Pleasure talking to you guys. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Uh, Don't forget to swing by your favorite podcast player and and rate the show. Leave us a positive review. And if you have some feedback, let us know that as well. Now, if you want to be featured on the show, visit dirtondating.com slash single to introduce yourself. We need great singles and people in relationships and alternative relationships to share their stories and tell us everything that they've got going on. So yeah, keep being dirty. We will see you in tomorrow in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty. And we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.